My name's James. I help out with the youth here at Element. And youth at Element meets at 6.30 to 8.30. Got it right this time. So yeah, uh, if you're a student between 7th grade and 12th grade, I encourage you, please come out Thursday night, 6.30, hang out with us. You can show up early. We can play rock band. I'll show you how to play rock band if you don't know. Uh, and then I'll challenge you and kick your butt. That's just how we roll. Alex knows. Uh, and so if you are a ride of a student, youth group ends at 8. Okay. I can't tell you how many times where, can't tell you how many times I've been chilling, maybe around 8.40. Hey, where's your ride? Uh, <laughs> it's been about 8.40. Hey, where's your ride? Oh, oh yeah. Well, I got to call him. Really? You haven't called him yet? It's 8.40. Like, church ended 40 minutes ago. I'm like, oh, okay. So, but if you want to show up early, I'm here. I'd love to hang out before, but when it hits... 8.30, 8.45, I'm ready to go home, so just letting you know that. <laughs> Nothing personal, I'm just ready to go home. Uh, all right, so will you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? This is Nehemiah 12:43, And on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sounds of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard from far away. Would you pray with me? Uh, God, we just thank you. We just thank you for uh, a new year, God, 2009. And we pray that you would, you would remain sovereign in our lives, God, and that we would seek for joy in you, and that we would find joy in you, and we would find strength in you, and we wouldn't look for joy in things that we buy or things that we come across, God, but that you would be the source of our joy, and we find eternal joy in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, before we get into anything, I have a couple questions. My first question is, who made a New Year's resolution? About as many as first service. Yes. Uh, all right, so uh, I didn't make a New Year's resolution. I, I've made many resolutions, but never at New Year's. Uh, when I had my old car, I made a resolution to stop speeding. Uh, that worked great until I was at a red light and someone revved at me, and I was like, oh, it's on. <laughs> That's how it went down, and now I drive an old truck. Um, <laughs> and no longer speed at all. Uh, I, I'm on a resolution right now to learn how to play guitar. And has anyone made that resolution ever and then kind of just quit? I've done it. I think this was like my third time trying to play guitar, but I'm, I'm sticking with it this time. And my fingers are getting all callous, which that's never happened before. And uh, yeah, so if you guys know that, it's, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. And then we could play together and you could teach me things. <laughs> So, there's like seven of you who made a New Year's resolution. Did anyone break their resolution yet? Yes. <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. Like three, four days into it. Tyler, can I ask what? That was someone's at first service. They're like, I made a resolution to not eat fast food, but I just love Taco Bell. I'm just like, I understand your struggle. <laughs> Can I ask what yours was? That didn't happen? Yes. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. So I know Christmas, the Christmas season is pretty much, pretty much over. And the dead, gross old tree is, is turning brown and the needles are falling off. And 
you're asking your neighbors, when do I bring the tree out to the, the curb? And you're like, I don't know. I have a fake tree. That's just how we roll. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, fake trees are where it's at. And you're vacuuming out the needles, and you're going to be till February. And all that good stuff's happening. And there's no more turkey in the refrigerator, which is the, probably the most depressing part about all of it. There's no more turkey. And so there's no more Costco Classic, which I'm going to explain to you what the Costco Classic is and see if any of you guys enjoy the Costco Classic as much as I do. Costco roll, slice of turkey, condiments of your choice. Does anyone else like know this? First service was like, never heard of it. I was like, how have you never heard of it? It's so delicious. If you don't know that, I highly recommend go and get some Costco rolls, make another turkey, invite me over. We'll have Costco classics together. <laughs> and so things are going back to the way they were before December. And it's kind of a bummer. But I have this one thing still stuck in my head. I have this song stuck in my head. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Right? Heaven and nature sing, heaven and nature sing. Yeah, I'm not even going to go the other part. I'm not part of the worship band. so. Uh, and, and I love this song. Uh, it's not my favorite Christmas song, but this year the lyrics just spoke to me. They said something to me. It's a joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the world, and the earth is singing. The earth is rejoicing. But my question is, are we rejoicing? Is Jesus the joy of our world? Because he's the joy of heaven, and he's the joy of earth. But of our personal world, is Jesus the joy? Is he what brings us joy? And if he's not the thing that brings us joy, what is bringing us joy? You know, there's lots of things that we look for to bring us happiness. You know, if you've ever gotten a ride in my truck, you know happiness. That's just what it comes down to. If you've ever got a ride in my truck with two passengers and a driver, that's like cloud nine. It's awesome. And so <laughs> Alex knows. There's a guy in the back. Alex loves it. He likes to shift. Because I don't like to shift when there's a passenger right there. It's awkward. <laughs> but there's lots of things that bring us happiness. You know, we look for happiness in a new computer with more RAM and a better graphics card so we can run World of Warcraft and stay up till 4 in the morning going on raids. I hope you guys don't do that. But... <laughs> You know, we, we look for joy in a pedicure because pedicures are great and some Asian lady is doing something that doesn't really speak English and she's asking you questions and you're like, I don't really know what you're saying, but okay. And she's like, okay, and starts dipping your feet and who knows what and you're like, awesome, love it, love it. You know, I've done it, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we look for joy, guys especially, look for joy in a nice like big steak. You know, just get a steak and something to drink and a potato, and you're just like, this is manly. I feel like a man. I'm happy right now. And we look for, for joy in, in new clothes. You know, life is always better in a new jacket unless someone has the same jacket, and life goes from very good to very bad very fast. <laughs> but most of the times, the things that we look for to bring us happiness are realistically are things that leave, the things that in a year or probably less will be gone. And if we don't have these things that we think we're going to make, these things that we think are going to make us happy. We spend most of our free time thinking about them. We waste headspace thinking about what it's going to take for me to be happy, how wonderful it will be if I had these things. So we think, if I could only get this, if I only had a new BMW, if I only had more time in the day, if I only had more money, if I could only save more money. This is my personal favorite. 
and think about what we would do if we won the lottery and had all this money to spend. And so, you know, I'd go and I would take this money that I'd get and I'd do something noble with it. I'd give a bunch to God after I bought the necessities, like a house on the beach with a jacuzzi on the roof and an Aston Martin in the garage, maybe a helicopter pad and a helicopter and so I can, you know, now fly to work and not have to wait in traffic. Forget that. I won the lottery. I'm just going to fly around my helicopter all day, you know. But I'll give the rest to God. Only the necessities. Only the necessities. Or, you know, we think about how great it would be if we had the attention of that cute girl or, or that cute boy and how that would make us happy. Uh, if you're married, that doesn't so much apply to you because you've got that person. So make it apply. I'm not married, so I don't know much about the married life. But make it apply. Um, you know, if I could go on vacation, if I had an iPhone, if I had this new blank, if I had this new toy, I would be happy. But even if we had all that, even if we had all the new toys that we want, would we be happy? Would it, is that what it takes? Has anything you ever purchased brought you happiness that has never faded? Think about it. Nothing you bought has brought you happiness that hasn't faded. Everything we buy goes away. New things all too quickly become old things. You buy a new car. The next year, or like half a year later, it's an old car now. You know, we can always find more stuff to do in our day. And you know, those things that we want so bad that we think are going to bring us happiness, they're great for a while. And they're, they're great. I would love an iPhone. I have an iPod Touch right now. And I love it. And I like to download things on it and play music and just play around with it all day and waste my day. The only thing I want to do is call people from it. And it's like if I have to call someone, I have to go, oh, dang it, pause my game, take out my phone, open it. It's just like, this is so annoying. Like, it'd be so much better if it was all in one deal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One day, one day. You know, I would love a new BMW. You know, I'd love a car that wasn't made in the 80s, a car with a working stereo. And give or take, I'd like both bumpers. <laughs> 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 But if I had these things, would it bring joy to my life? Would I be joyful if I had those things? I love what Nehemiah says about this. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, he says, Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, what's happening to Nehemiah here is, uh, actually, Aaron was talking about this a while before Christmas. He's saying that the Jews were taken captive, and they were forced into slavery, and pretty much the town was destroyed. And they've disobeyed God, and so they're taken away into slavery. And what's happening now is they're, bring, they're coming back, coming back to Jerusalem. They're going to rebuild the temple and rebuild the walls and rebuild the city. And so it's a very sensitive time for a Jew. Seventy years in slavery, now coming back, the law. God's word has been lost, and now is being read from again. And he goes, I understand. I understand your hurt, and I understand your struggle, but don't. Do not be grieved. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so we're going to read a good section of this. So can you open to Nehemiah 8? It will be Nehemiah 8, 9 through 12. I heard a cell phone. Was it you, Jen? Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> So Nehemiah 8, 9 through 12. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. 
For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and send portions to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. So what's happening in this verse, in these verses, is Ezra and Nehemiah are, are teaching from the law, are reading from the law, and the people are mourning and they're weeping because of what is being said. You know, God's spirit is beginning to move. These people are seeing through God's word that they have fallen short of their duty, that they're not living the calling that God has put on their lives, and they're mourning because of it. And God's spirit moves, and they, he changes their hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. And we've seen this before, the woman at the well. All right, we talked about the woman at the well for like three weeks and how Jesus came to her and told her everything she ever did and how her calloused heart, her calloused heart peeled away and her calloused heart became a heart of flesh and how she understood the words that he was saying. It's the same thing that's happening here. And so these people are weeping and mourning, crying because of this. And Nehemiah goes, God redeems. God saves. God loves you. Find strength. Find joy in Him. And He will make you joyful in this time of mourning. And so the other priests come out, right? And they're like, today's supposed to be a happy day. Today is the Sabbath. It's not a day for crying. It's a day for rejoicing. The Lord redeems. He saves. So let's party, right? Let's throw on some 80s music, you know, fire up the barbecue, get some drinks, get some food. It's going to be great. And so that's what they start to doing. That's what they start doing. They, they fire up the barbecue. They start cooking. They start eating. They start singing. They start hanging out with each other. They start giving to people. And they're praising God through it. And they're finding joy in the Lord. And they're loving it. And so if we find our strength and if we find our joy in the Lord, and the Lord is eternal, then we get our strength and we get our joy from the one who is eternal. Therefore, we have eternal joy and eternal strength in him. Now, this isn't a strength that you can be like the Hulk, right, and go around and picking up cars and checking them at buildings because it's cool, my strength's in the Lord and he's eternal. It doesn't work like that. It's not a physical strength. It's a strength that's given so that we would persevere through times of hardship. The times don't necessarily make sense to us that we would find the strength to keep seeking God, for men to stand as men, and for women to know the will of God, and for us as people to seek the will of God, to seek the Lord. When our joy is found in Him, it's not, I'm not saying that you're going to be happy all the time and that you're going to walk everywhere with a smile on your face because your joy is found in the Lord and you're just happy all the time. You're just being fake if you have a smile on all the time and people are going to think you're weird. But in times of hardship, in, in times of weakness, in, in, in times of sorrow, we would find joy in Him. We would find joy in the fact that the one who created the world calls us by name. The one who created the universe loves us and is in control. But most of the time when this happens, when something bad happens, we go out and we look for something to make us feel better. We feel like we have to go buy something. So we go drop a $100 on a pair of shoes and it's just like, this is what makes me happy. Or you're like, this was a rough week at work rough week at work. I'm going to go buy an everyone's at Cold Stone and eat the whole thing. 
that's how it was. It was a terrible week. You know, or we go, we, we get a new CD. And just like, I'm going to get lost in the CD. I'm going to put my headphones on and forget everything. And we use these things to drown out pain or sorrow or suffering or something. We use these things to get our mind off the problem. And for some crazy reason, we think that we can put a price on joy. And we think that these things will bring us joy. Hebrews 12, 2 through 3 says this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I love that. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I want you guys to think about this. What joy? What brings Jesus joy? He endured the cross for a greater joy. What is that? Think about that while I take a drink. Here's what I believe. I believe the joy that he was searching for, the joy that he found, was the joy of seeing the will of his Father done. The joy of seeing the will of his Father being carried out. Seeing his children coming to him and as adopted as family. His children, us, finding joy in him. Doing his will. Doing our duty. Finding joy in the Lord is not something that you know, you go to and you're like, I have joy in the Lord once I've tried everything else. Once I've, you know, tried the everybody's, I've tried the $100 shoes, I've tried this and I've tried that, and I'm still not joyful and I need a pick-me-up. That's right. Someone told me in church to find joy in the Lord. It's not something like that. Finding joy in God means we have a relationship with Him. It means that we are walking with Him. We talk with Him. We care about His will in our lives. Not just doing all the right things and doing what a good person would be doing, but actually walking with him and having a relationship with him. You know, life isn't great all the time. It's not fun all the time. You can't walk around everywhere with a smile. I mean, you look at Jesus and his life wasn't great all the time. But he found joy in God. He knew what was called of him. And he let God's strength bring him joy you know jesus died as our substitute and in doing so set the perfect example and so when we follow him we find joy where he found joy we find strength where he found strength we don't look for joy and for strength and other things that just promise heartache but he promises joy and strength and so that's where we find it when we follow him we believe as he did we have faith as he did Believe that God is who he says he is. Jesus, man, and God. Our Redeemer that brings us back to joy. So that we can find joy in him. Because he has joy and strength to give. Uh, the band's going to come up and they're going to play a few songs. And we talked about Nehemiah and how they were broken. And they were redeemed and they mourn for the things that they've done we have the communion table and that is what the communion table says is god we have sinned god we're coming to you and we need your forgiveness we know that you redeem and we're thankful for that 
and we break that body. We dip it in his blood. And then we do as, the, as they did in Nehemiah. We give. There's offering boxes. We pray with each other. There's elders in the back. And they hung out. And they partied. And they ate. And they drank. And we have the lounge back there. And we have food. And we have drinks and stuff back there. So I encourage you guys to hang out and to worship God. They sang. We're going to sing. So praise God in this time. Worship God in this time. So joy to the world. The Lord has come. For the Lord provides eternal joy and eternal strength. Would you guys pray with me? God, we just uh, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for Element, God. We thank you for what a blessing it's been to us. We thank you for another year. And we thank you for providing joy and providing strength for us, God. That when we're out of strength, you still have lots to give. And when we're out of joy, that you would be the source of our joy. And that we would find that in you because you have it to give. Thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen.